You're listening to Photo Tea with Anissa D, where we share all things related to photography. Welcome to episode six of Photo Tea with Anissa D. Today, I'm going to be sharing how to set up a good photography workflow and talk through my specific backend process from inquiry to gallery delivery. So to get started, I'm going to share what happens once I receive an inquiry. So basically, my inquiries come through my contact form. People typically find me through social media, so Instagram, and then will go to my website to fill out my contact form. My contact page is connected to my HoneyBook account. So if you guys don't know, I use HoneyBook to manage all of my clients and my contracts and invoices. And I'll kind of talk about that a little bit too. But this just is really helpful for me because all of my clients' information is already in the client management system that I use. So once I get that inquiry, I have all of their information. And the first thing I do is email them to schedule a call. And I just find it so helpful and so important to get on the phone with your clients, whether it's just a session that you're doing, an engagement session or a wedding. I treat all my sessions the same and will always get on the phone with my clients. And once we talk through all the details from there, I will send the proposal with HoneyBook, which includes the contract and invoice. The reason I really love HoneyBook is I'm able to create custom templates. So I have specific contracts for wedding clients, specific contracts for families, et cetera. And it's also really convenient for me to accept payment and for clients to sign the contract and also make the payment. It's just all in one place and it's super easy to use. So I've been using HoneyBook for the past two years, maybe even longer now. And I'm never going to go anywhere else. It's just so easy for me. So if you guys are interested in checking out HoneyBook, you can try it for free. And if you use my code ANISSA50, A-N-I-S-S-A-5-0, you can get 50% off your first year. So I'd highly recommend checking them out. But yeah, once that's all been completed and the client goes ahead and books, the next thing I do is prepare all of my gear to make sure that I'm ready for the session. So obviously different bookings have different requirements. Sometimes I'm shooting indoors, so I need more lighting equipment. Sometimes I'm shooting a wedding, so I need you know, extra gear and everything. But typically what you'll find in my camera bag is my Canon R5 mirrorless camera. I always shoot with that. I also have a 35 millimeter 1.4 lens. That is my go-to. It rarely leaves my camera. If I am shooting a wedding or an elopement, I will typically rent a 24 to 70 2.8 lens. It's just, I love that one as well. So, and then I will also have my flash with me. I typically bring my flash regardless, even if it's an outdoor session, just in case. Sometimes I like to play with flash if I'm going into blue hour. So I have the Godox V1-C. I will put the link in the description so that if you guys are interested, you can check that out. The C stands for can in, but they also have version N for Nikon and S for Sony. And I've talked about this flash before, but I just love the light that it gives with the round head. So that is my go-to flash. And I just put that on top of my camera when I use it. 
And I will also pack with me film gear if I was booked for film. So what I currently have as far as film goes is I have my Canon AE-1 35 millimeter camera. I love that one. I use it for mostly all my sessions. I also have a point and shoot, which I don't use as much. I'll just kind of bring that along and just take some fun photos on that one. But that's not like my primary film camera. I also recently got a vintage Polaroid. It's the One Step SX-70. And I just started shooting with a medium format camera and I'm using the Mamiya 645. So I'm super excited to get my film back. I just recently used it at a shoot, but I love having film and incorporating film. So it's super fun when clients book film and digital, but that's typically what you'll find in my camera bag. And then what I do as far as the planning process goes is on that call with the client, I always talk about the vision for the session. I'll ask them if they have a Pinterest board that they're working on that they can send to me and we'll kind of work on their Pinterest board together and really fine tune the details of the session. We'll also talk about locations and I will scout if needed. But right now I have a pretty good list of recommendations as far as locations go in the Chicago area, which is where I'm based. So I'll, you know, go through if we're looking indoor, outdoor, depending on the season, weather, things like that. And I usually give them a selection when it comes to outdoors. So I have like woodsy, forest, beach, more downtown, like editorial vibes. So I give them kind of a general idea. And then we go from there as far as determining what the specific location is. And same goes for indoor, you know, it could be a museum, a hotel, an in-home shoot, coffee shop, studio. So we'll just kind of run through the list of options and decide what specific location we'll be using for their session. And then I will also, sometimes clients ask for outfit ideas and I have a Pinterest board. I have multiple Pinterest boards depending on the type of shoot. So I have a Pinterest board outfit inspo for like a beach session, for summer beach session, for winter. And I will add new ones as needed, but I have a pretty good amount of boards that I use to send to clients for outfit inspo. Like I said, I just kind of go based off of the location and the vibe. And then when it comes to timing, we obviously talk about timing on the call and prior to sending the contract. But I love to think about, I always look up like sunset, sunrise. I am someone who prefers sunrise just because I find that there's less people. It's quiet. And I just, with being in Chicago, the sun rises from the water. And so I like to backlight my subjects and just have it be like the sun in the back. So that's why I personally prefer to shoot at sunrise, especially when I'm in Chicago. And I love getting a mixture of blue hour and golden hour. So I'll typically schedule right at sunrise and then an hour after. So if sunrise is at seven, I'll usually schedule like starting at seven. And then if it's sunset, I'll usually schedule an hour before sunset. So if sunset's at 7 p.m., I'll schedule for around six so that if we go over or if it's longer than an hour, it'll be into blue hour which is really great. And I'll also ask on that call for, or just an email for a shot list if I am doing a wedding or an elopement. And I've talked about this before. I don't ask for a traditional shot list by any means. It's just like, I call it an event guide just so that the language isn't confusing. But I basically ask for my couples to send me a list of their family photo combinations or wedding party combinations so that 
when we're taking the portraits, I have a list of what we need to get through and we can call for everyone with their names and just go through that list so that nothing is missed or forgotten. So that's typically what I will do for the planning process. And then something that I've also talked about before is my inspo. So like what I personally think about when going to the session. So I love to get to know my couples, like how they met, if they're engaged, how they got engaged, or if it's a family shoot, just kind of know a little bit more about them and their vibe and what they're all about. So from there, I will go onto Pinterest and Instagram and do a lot of prep as far as what poses and prompts. I don't do much posing, but just to have a general idea of what I'm thinking and kind of go through a little bit of a storyline. I can definitely do another episode about my storytelling photography approach if you guys are interested. But what I will do, instead of having my phone on me at the session where I'm like constantly checking my phone, I will put my SD card into my camera and then I will format the card so that it's all clear. And I will take around like 30 to 50. I know it's a lot. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. It just depends on the session. But I'll take about 30 to 50 inspo photos that I found on Pinterest or Instagram that I think I would use during the session. And I find that it just gives, even if I don't use it, I find I just have like more peace of mind going to the session, knowing I have a backup in case I draw a blank on the spot. And it's just really helped me. I still come off very professional. It's just something I can quickly glance at without taking out my phone if I need just a little idea. So that's what I'll do to prepare for the session. And I just find that process makes it super easy and alleviates a lot of stress if I were to have some. But then I go and I shoot the session. It's always a great time or the wedding. So I did want to mention that when I'm shooting, I typically will use one SD card for just like family sessions, couples, engagements, but I will use two cards for weddings and elopements. I'll use a SD card and then a memory card or a CF card, excuse me, for my Canon R5. I think that the Canon R6 has two SD card slots. Mine is a CF card and an SD card. And then once I get back from the shoot, the first thing I do, like before I do anything else, is I immediately back up the photos onto my hard drives. I use the Lacey hard drives. I'll also link it. I, I'll link my Amazon storefront in the description. And then you can find everything I use, like SD cards, CF cards, flash, all of my gear in there. But I'll use the Lacey hard drives and I have a main one and a backup one. And I will import the images onto both. You could do a hard drive and a cloud backup. I definitely encourage that as well. It's This is just the process I personally use, but cloud backup is also a really great option just to make sure that your photos are super secure and are not going to be going anywhere. And once I do that and they're all fully backed up, at that point, I'll probably go back to the photos the next day to cull through them. But yeah, as far as like the photo shoot and backing up, that's all done in the same day. And then for the culling process, so if you guys aren't familiar with culling, it's basically sorting through the photos and picking out the best of the photos in the batch. So typically for an hour, I am an overshooter. I shoot on single shooting, not 
high speed continuous, but I still find myself overshooting a lot. And I'll typically take in an hour. I'm kind of worried to say this, but I typically take like anywhere from 500 photos to like 700 photos. It just depends. And I just find myself taking a lot of duplicates to make sure I really get the shot. And I also make sure that I'm taking photos in between my prompts and my poses so that I capture the entire session. I don't like to miss anything or leave anything out. And that's why the culling process is really important for me. So I use Narrative Select to cull. I used to use Lightroom, which if you guys know, it's just sometimes so slow and laggy. And I found that as soon as I started using Narrative Select, the culling process was quicker for me and my Lightroom has sped up so quickly. So I have a discount code for narrative. I'll leave it in the description if you guys want to check it out. I love it so much. It's just made my culling process so much easier. So what I'll do is I'll have my folder that I will import into narrative select. I can rename the folder. And then I usually will press like once it's already imported into narrative, I will go through the images. And the thing I love about narrative is that it'll tell me what my focus is on a scale of one to 10. If it's a zero, then it's like completely out of focus. If it's 10, it's like a perfect focus. And then it'll also tell me if I have any, like I can see if I have duplicates and if the subject's eyes are open or closed. So I can really zoom in on people and see, especially if it's like a group portrait, I can see whose eyes are open, who's blinking, who's moving or not in focus. And that really helps without having to like go super close to my computer and look at every specific person. It's just kind of all right there already done for me. So that really helps the calling process for me. And I will just go through the photos. I will flag pressing the letter T on my keyboard for all of the photos I want to tag. And then if I want to untag anything, I'll press the letter U. And then once I'm done, I will go to all of the tagged photos and then import that into Lightroom. And it's so fast. It just automatically goes into Lightroom and I just press import and then they're all in Lightroom. So that has really sped up my culling editing process. And once they're all in Lightroom, that's when I will start editing. I That's like my first round of calling. I do a second round of calling in Lightroom. And for me personally, I think it really helps to see what a photo looks like once it's edited to really determine if that's going to make it into the final gallery. And like I said, I don't leave anything out. It's just sometimes like I will put duplicates into Lightroom just to know which one I like better or just to see it. Maybe one I use in color and one I use in black and white. So I just find it easier once I see everything in Lightroom to do that second round of culling. But it's a very, it's a much smaller cull. It's definitely the the bigger cull is a narrative. And that really, like I said, is helpful and speeds up that time. But yeah, once I have everything in Lightroom, what I'll do is I'll go through all of the unique lighting scenarios through that session. So like I said, if I'm doing a sunset session, I have sometimes I'll be shooting like indirect light and then it'll go into golden hour and then it'll go into blue hour. And so I have different lighting scenarios that I need to edit each one. So I'll take one photo from each different lighting scenario or more than one if there's a couple. Usually I use these as my sneak peeks and I will edit them. I use presets and I'll just kind of edit them to match each other and to look very cohesive and 
as my style would look like. And then from there, once I've edited one in each one, I will send sneak peeks to the clients so they have something to look at, especially if it's a wedding or an elopement and they, you know, want the photos to share, you know, the next day or two. So I'll get those sneak peeks out. Typically, like I said, if it's weddings and elopements, it's within 24 to 48 hours. And if it's a session within one week, and then I will edit the gallery from there. All I usually do from there is I will sync all the photos in that lighting scenario. I just came out with a reel on this if you guys want to see the actual process. And then I just do minor tweaks to the rest of the photos. But since I've already done that first one, it makes it a lot easier once I'm editing the rest of the gallery. And I just found that that really helps speed up my editing time. I've had a lot of questions like how long it takes me to edit. I think that I just take a lot longer doing things than other people. I, I'm a perfectionist, but like beyond perfectionism, I don't know why it takes me so long to do things. I just have to go back. Like I'll edit through a gallery and then I'll have to look at it again the next day just to make sure it looks good. And I usually find myself re-editing sometimes afterwards. And I also have to look at all the images on my phone too, just to make sure that all the images are completely cohesive between desktop and mobile. So I'd say for like a one hour session, I typically spend like four to six hours editing, sometimes more, definitely more for weddings, just because there's a lot more I have to think about and look through. But yeah, once I'm done with that, I export the images onto my hard drive and I will upload the full gallery to PicTime. If you guys aren't familiar with PicTime, I love it. There's so much you can do with it. It's so easy to download the gallery. They can, like, clients can share the gallery with friends and family so they don't have to download everything and then send it and, like, have the resolution be lost. It's just super easy to send to people to download. I also will download the images myself using that PicTime link so I can post the photos from my phone. So I really like that. And you can also create like slideshows with music and do prints through PicTime. I just find it just to be so user-friendly for clients and then also for myself. So if you guys are interested in using PicTime, I do have a code. It is L. V-Y-Q-T-7. And I'll also put that in the description if you guys want to check it out. But yeah, from there, I will email the gallery for a regular like session, one, two hours, like families, engagements, maternity. I will typically deliver that between two to four weeks of the session. And it is a little bit longer for weddings. I do four to eight weeks. And my recommendation is to always under promise and over deliver. So what I mean by that is I typically promise photos between two to four weeks for sessions, but I really try to get around that three week range. If it's my busy season, sometimes I'll even push it from like three to five weeks and then try to deliver around that four week range. Just because I find that once, you know, they're expecting it to be five weeks. And if I deliver in four, then they're happy and I'm happy. And it's overall just a really great experience. Same with the number of images I deliver. So I always promise a minimum of 50 photos per hour of coverage, but I always find myself delivering more. So I promise a minimum of 50, but typically I will deliver like somewhere around 75 to 100 
you know, somewhere around that range per hour. And I just find that clients are always so happy when they receive the full gallery. I, like I said, I don't leave anything out. So that's kind of my process with delivering. And then after the session, once I've delivered everything, I will post about it on social media. I'll post on Instagram. I will probably make a reel or a TikTok and then also share the photos on Facebook. And I will also make sure to share all the photos on Pinterest. So I'll just blog the session on, I use Show It. So I'll blog with Show It. I think it it connects with WordPress. So I'll do my blog. And then I will also share all of the photos on Pinterest and link my blog back. And yeah, once I've done that, then everything is done. So yeah, that's basically my client workflow and backend process from inquiry to delivery. If you guys have any specific questions, definitely let me know on my Instagram. You can find me at Anissa D Photography. And if you guys listen to the end of today's episode, thank you so much. I post every other Thursday. So you can find me back here in two weeks on Thursday. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Photo Tea with Anissa D. If you liked today's episode, please let me know by leaving a review and make sure to follow for more episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram at Anissa D Photography. See you back here next time for a new episode. Bye.